you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. you up. I magnify you this morning. Great is the Lord. Great is his name to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're glad you're here this morning. If you have your Bibles, I would like to take your attention for a little while to the book of Luke, the 21st chapter. And yes, Annette, I recognize that I am all that is standing between this whole congregation and lunch. What a great setup for me to be able to preach this morning. Luke chapter 21 and verse number 9 through verse number 13 of Luke chapter 21. But when ye shall hear of wars and commotions... Be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass. But the end is not by and by. Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And earthquakes shall be in divers places, and famines and pestilences in fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all of these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. Verse 13, and this is what I want to focus our attention on today. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Lord, help us this morning to... Preach what you have put in my spirit. Open our hearts today to be encouraged by the word of God. Lord, where my words fall short today, let your spirit speak.
speak hope and life into every person in this room this morning. I pray, God, that you strengthen this church today. We honor you and thank you and give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Before I get into this message this morning, I think it would be fair and in order for me just to pause for a moment to say thank you to all of you as we celebrate this Labor Day weekend. Of course, we celebrate the holiday on Monday and observe it on Monday, but this is, of course, an entire holiday weekend. And I look around on a holiday weekend, and we have a great crowd for a holiday weekend. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord this morning. And this holiday being Labor Day weekend, I, I want to just say thank you to the men and women of this church that are so diligent and so faithful. A few days ago on a Wednesday night, we were just beginning with our... Genesis Process Recovery Series, and Sister Lisa Lease made a list of things, the non-negotiables, and she prioritized in order, one being our relationship with God being the most important, and two, being our relationship with our family being second. And then thirdly, she mentioned our ministry involvement as being third. And fourth, she said everything else. And it dawned on me for a moment that maybe when we threw everything else into a stack together, that it may not be in our best interest or in the best interest of the kingdom of God, as a matter of fact, for us to throw everything else in that fourth category for maybe I would prefer to create five categories and that is that number four before I say everything else would be your job your career because we have biblical mandates every person in this room has a biblical mandate to be good stewards of what God has given you and that is your health your finances your jobs your careers and so for every person that is diligent, for every man of the house that works and labors, and for every woman that contributes in the household income, not to get rich, but to provide for your house, I want to pause for a moment and say thank you for upholding a biblical mandate. And thank you for upholding the church through your giving and through your sacrifices. I honor you, I respect you, and I think it's worth a hand clap to all of those who work and labor. Amen. Our text this morning begins in Luke chapter 21 with a sign of the end times. As the scripture begins to break down what the end times are going to look like, it gives a short list as it is listed in multiple places, but here in Luke 21 specifically, it speaks of wars and commotions. Other passages say wars and 
rumors of wars. And then it says to be not afraid or be not terrified for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not yet. But these things are all signs toward the coming and the end time. Then the scripture goes on to say that nation would rise against nation, kingdom would rise against kingdom. And then it begins to talk about things that would happen in the, in, in the atmosphere. There would be earthquakes in very strange places and there would be famines and pestilences and all sorts of things that, as our text says, fearful sights, great signs shall there be in the heavens. And for the sake of time this morning, because I am all that's standing between you and lunch, for the sake of time this morning, I will not give examples to every one of these and break all of these out into what some of these may be when we talk about earthquakes and pestilences, diseases that these pestilences are more than just the pestilence that we read about that the Lord sent to Pharaoh when he was ready to deliver his people. But such pestilences, such pestilences could be things such as certain diseases and sicknesses, certain things such as COVID and things that we have been dealing with. All of these, of course, are a sign of the end time. So as we look at the signpost of the end time, we move on into verse 12. And then the Bible says that before all of these, they shall lay their hands on you and they shall persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before the kings and the rulers for my name's sake. As we unfold this text, we understand that the New Testament church, the early apostles and those that began the first churches following the day of Pentecost were all killed and martyred and sent through all sorts of trial. That was the beginning of the end. Now 2,000 years later, we are still living in the last day or the last season. Understand, if we're to break out the days, we are living in the last day. In other words, there is not another time or another era that is going to come before the coming of the Lord. So this is the last and final day of the week. So we are in the seventh day and we are in the final hour of the final day. And we are reaching the end. And then, of course, the scripture bears to point that verse 13, and it shall turn to you for a testimony. As I begin to look over all of the horrifying things that the scripture lists that are going to come to pass as we approach the end time wars and rumors of wars. And then it goes on into talking about the personal attacks that you're going to be under. It is going to be an attack of pestilence and there will be the attack also of the government that is pointed out here as there will be the attack of kings and rulers 
There will be prison sentences and there will even be attacks that are brought into the synagogues and there will be persecution upon you. In all of the worst things that Jesus could have pointed out that were going to happen, I believe he was speaking to the modern church and that is us today. As he is speaking to the modern church, us today, me and you, on this, on this morning uh, here in the 22nd year uh, of 2000, here we are looking at all of the things that, sh that the scripture says that is going to come upon us. And the scripture said, and it shall turn to you as a testimony. Now, I'm not going to spend much more time in this text this morning because I'm going to spend most of my time between now and lunch. I'm going to spend it with some application of what this actually means for you and I because I believe that I have the word from the Lord to speak into somebody's life that has been going through turmoil and struggle and test. Maybe you feel like the world is collapsing in around you. Maybe you are in spiritual famine. Maybe you are going through relational struggles. Maybe you are in some sort of horrible trial of your faith. Maybe your health is failing. Maybe you're struggling financially. Whatever it may be, can your pastor rise to this pulpit today to tell you that whatever it is, that you may be going through, that it is going to turn to you for a testimony. God is going to turn it around for there to be a blessing in your life. Somebody ought to receive that right now. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and just tell them, and it shall turn to you for a testimony. Come on, say, tell your other neighbor, you didn't say that like you meant it. You need to find somebody you can mean it. Turn to your other neighbor and tell them, and it shall turn to you for a testimony. It's not always easy to see that our test is going to become a testimony. Particularly when we are in trial. Usually what we see is what we feel. All we see is what we feel, but your feelings can fool you. That's why we walk by faith and not by feelings, by sight. We walk by faith and not what it appears to be. We see dark clouds billowing because we feel the pressures of life. We see the trouble. We see the test. We see the despair. We see how everything that's coming against us is going to, is bad and potentially going to get worse. Somehow that's how we're built. As I was preparing this message last night and this morning, I began to think about the last two years of struggle during my wife's journey and recovery over cancer. There were times during this journey that the weight and the load were very, very heavy. Oftentimes, there may be symptoms that would arise and can I tell you it would scare the ever-loving life out of us? Yes, we're people of faith, but certain symptoms would arise and we would spend sleepless nights and we would have weary conversations. 
during these times, the medical team would say, well, we need to run some preliminary tests. And maybe because of those tests or the symptoms that would detect there being a potential greater problem. So the medical team would decide to perform a higher level test, maybe an MRI or a CT scan or even a PET scan. After days and weeks of mental and emotional anguish and turmoil, what we discovered was that every test that my wife went through, every test because of a symptom or a preliminary test, not one of them, every one of them, came back to prove that everything was going to be all right. That everything was better than we expected. Everything was better than the doctor said. Everything was better than the symptom was telling us. But while we're under the load of it and the stress of it, we would see the dark clouds. We would see the struggle. We would see the pressure. And we would be under the load. But after we got to the other side of it, I heard my wife giving her testimony. And she said every setback was a setup for a great testimony. For us, that's more than just a little cliche or a little religious meme or a word spoken. But I want you to know that every time that we went through the darkest of days, it would always turn out for us to be a testimony. Now, I came this morning with a little faith to preach into somebody that's under the load and under the stress of it to tell you that it's not always going to be easy for you to comprehend and for you to see it. But if you'll just grab a hold of a little ray of hope this morning that I'm preaching to you and you'll let the Spirit of God touch your heart this morning, you can walk out of this building saying, I feel and I see that God is working everything for my good and it will turn to you for a testimony it's not always easy to comprehend the apostle Peter's words in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 6 though now for a season he says if need be ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations though now Everybody say now. Though now for a season, I got about half of you saying now. Say now. That sounded better. Though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness. Everybody say stress. The load, the pressure. Though now for a season, you're under the pressure of it. You are in a season of heaviness. Through manifold temptations, that word means a multiplicity of things that are coming down on you. Here's what I've learned in my 54 years of living. And that is, most of us can handle about anything that the enemy wants to throw at us. Or that life brings at us. We are built to handle it when it comes at us. If trouble comes from one side, we're able to handle it. But when it comes from manifold, anybody with me this morning? When it comes from a multiplicity of places, you know what a manifold is? You know what that word means? 
it is speaking of trials and temptation that don't just come from one source, but there is a multiplicity of sources that is all bottlenecked down into one place. When we go through a season of heaviness because of a manifold of problems that come, it is your health and your finances and your marriage and your children and on the job and manifold temptations, manifold struggles, a multiplicity of places that the enemy comes Oh, We can handle it. When the fiery dart comes, we put up the shield of faith and we deflect it and we keep on walking. But when it comes from the north, the south, the east, and the west, when the struggle is coming from every side through manifold temptations, now you know what the apostle Peter was talking about. Though now for a season that you walk through stress, you walk through heaviness because of the manifold temptations. Then he says in verse 7 that the trial of your faith. Mm. This is what it's talking about. It says it's all about the trial of your faith because you want to know what all these tests and trials are pointed at? It's pointed at your faith. That the trial of your faith being more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire that might be found unto praise and honor and glory of the appearing of Jesus Christ. Let me help you with this text just a little bit. What this scripture is saying is not that, the, that when you go through all of this and, and, and everything straight and all the struggles that you go through, what you're going to find is that faith is more precious than gold. That's not what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1 in verse number number six and seven, but he said that the trial of your faith, it is the trial that is worth more than gold that's been tried with fire. It is the trial in of itself that is precious. It is the trial that is more valuable than gold because what the trial is going to do, it is, it is going to cause you to strengthen your faith because through a multiplicity of points and places that the enemy shoots darts at you and comes at you from every angle and all of these manifold it's not just one but it's when you say pastor it, it, I could handle it if it was one place but the fact that I've got this pressing on me and that pressing on me I, I may just be preaching to me this morning I don't know if I'm, I, I must be missing about half the folks in here this morning that doesn't know what it's like to have trouble on every side. Everywhere you turn, it seems like there's another roadblock. There's another struggle. There's another test. I'm in manifold temptation. But in the middle of it, though it's aimed at my faith, when I come out the other side of it, I realize that I come out stronger and I come out wiser and I come out more ready to conquer the enemy because it was the trial that pushed me to my knees and caused me to grow and caused my faith to become stronger. Ah, 
Whatever I feel it now, whatever some of you may be going through this morning, can I just speak to you by faith in the word of God this morning that I believe it's going to turn for you for a testimony. Here's the difference. The difference is how you will look at it. The difference is how you approach it. The difference is is your outlook if you sit around and suck your thumb and talk about everything that's going wrong in life and give the enemy credit for everything that he's doing against you, then you're going to struggle. But when you find the courage to understand this trial is going to build my faith, you're going to come out the other side knowing that what you're going through was working for your good. What you're going through is going to turn out for you a testimony because God's going to turn it around. Because on the other side of your brokenness, there will be rejoicing. It shall turn for you a testimony. When we get on the other side, we will rejoice because of the testimony of our trials. When we sit around and talk about the good old days, we talk about all the good things that we've, that we've gone through together. You want to know what strong relationships and strong friendships are built out of? It's built out of people that's been through some things together. When we went through the struggle together, when we get on the other side, we'll rejoice because of the testimonies that we share from the trials that God took us through. Did you ever consider that our trials may be an important aspect of us being saved? Oh, no, Pastor, I don't have to have trials to be saved. It is the trial that will cause you to run to God because if you can make it on your own, most of us will. That's why the scripture said the whole need not a physician. Those who can make it on their own, they don't need God. They don't think they need God. They think they can do it. They think they can make it. So the Lord allows us to go through some temptations and some tests and some trials so that when we get out the other side, we look back and recognize if I had not ran to God, if I had not ran to help, if I had not ran to him and let him be a fortress, let him be a strong tower, let him be a place of safety, let him be peace in the midst of my storm. If I would have tried to make it on my own, I would have died. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, when the enemy rose up against me, I would have stumbled and fell, David said. But oh, thanks be to God, because we have a God who is on our side. I am victorious. If you're going through any of these manifold temptations, as the Bible says it this morning, if you're going through any of these tests, if you're going through these hardships, that God is working it for your good. Let, 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 me, let me encourage you with a few words today. First of all, you're not alone. Because everybody experiences trouble. But we all experience it differently. And we all handle it differently. Matthew chapter 5, verse 45. That ye may be the children of your Father who, which is in heaven. 
for he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. What I want you to understand is just because you're going through it doesn't mean that God's against you. Everything that you go through is not because of your poor choices. Everything that you go through is not God mad at you or the devil fighting you. Some things you just got to write down and take that verse. If you don't have that scripture marked in your Bible, you ought to mark it in your Bible because some people, every time they go through some little thing, you know what they say? Oh, the devil's been after me all day. No, it's just life. I'm not giving the devil credit for something that's just life. It rains on the just and the unjust. Trials come to the good and to the bad. Trials come to the Christian and the non-Christian. Just because you've been baptized filled with the Holy Ghost doesn't mean that trials are going to not come your way. But I come this morning to tell you that when you do have the Lord on your side, when you get in in the middle of the storm, you don't stumble and fall because God is my refuge and strength, a strong tower. He is a mighty fortress. He is the lifter of my head. He is the the peace that calms the sea. He is the one that will see you through. Oh, aren't you glad you got a God on your side? You ought to give him a hand clap of praise this morning. Everybody experiences trouble. The second thing I want to encourage you with this morning is that struggles in life have a divine purpose. That's right, everything that you deal with in life has a divine purpose. Romans chapter 5 says we glory in tribulations knowing that the tribulation worketh patience. What the apostle is saying in Romans 5 and 3 is that everything that we go through, God is working something. Learn the lesson. God, I'm going through this. Learn the lesson. You know, what it, you know what it takes to be able to pass the test and move on to the next grade? You've got to learn the lesson. When you learn the lesson, you pass the test. Anybody with me this morning? Once you learn the lesson, you pass the test and you go to the next level. But the next level, the next grade is going to be a little, a little more difficult. Oh, well, I just, you mean this is life. It is a few days and full of trouble. You're never going to reach a point where you pass enough tests that you're not going to say, my goodness, I'm still struggling. David said, I once was young, now I'm old. What I can say about it is not that tests and trials have ever gone away, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread, meaning everything that I go through, the next level, greater devils, but the greater my God is going to come through for me. He is with you through every test and every trial, and the plan is for, to turn it to you for a testimony. Which brings me to my third point. Trials and tests, tribulation, only last for a little while. Say that with me, just a little while. J- 
just a little while, if we could just somehow get just a little while in our spirit and know it's going to work for my good, but it's just going to take a little while. The season I'm in, I feel alone, but you're not alone. I feel like I'm overwhelmed, but you're not overwhelmed. God is teaching you something through it, and it's only going to last for a little while. Joy, weeping may endure, but for a night, but but. But joy, but joy comes in the morning. Somebody needs to just say, but joy comes, but joy comes, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping's enduring through my dark season, but joy is coming in the morning. It's just a little while. I'm right now going through it. I'm now under the load, but joy is coming in the morning, and it shall be turned to you for a testimony. fourth thing I want to encourage you with this morning is that the things we go through in this life are controlled by God. They are controlled by God. When John was on the Isle of Patmos, the Lord could have, he could have completely moved him off, but instead he sends food by an unlikely source that none of us want to participate in. He he took care of him, but he didn't let him off the aisle. He lets him go through it. God is in control of the things you go through. Now watch, watch. Don't get mad at God and start blaming God because God don't cause everything to come to you because it rains on the just and the unjust. But God is in control. If you miss everything else that I ever preach about in this pulpit, you need to just get some of these little things that I'm dropping at you this morning like God is in control. You need to get that in your spirit this morning. Oh man, I'm under it, but God is in control. If you would just get that in your spirit every time you feel stressed and under the pressure and you're going through manifold temptations, God is in control. What does that mean, Pastor? God doesn't call them, cause them, but He controls them. He can push pause or pass at any point. He can speak the word. All He has to do is say, peace, be still. That's what we often pray for. We pray for God, calm the storm. But if the Lord calmed every storm, we would never learn the lesson that the storm is supposed to teach us. But in order to pass the test, we have to go through some things that we learn the lesson. And when we learn the lesson, the Lord says, now you're useful. Because a man without a testimony is not going to be useful for anybody or anything. But a man that's been through a few things. Some of you that have walked through some dark roads and some, oh, some of you have a testimony. Some of you have been through and you didn't know when you were going through it why you had to go through it. But you went through it and you're out the other side of it. And the The Lord allowed you to go through it when he could have let you bypass it. But he said, I'm going to let you go through it because there's going to be somebody else that's going to go through it. And when they go through it, you're going to say, I've been there and the Lord saw me through. I've been there and I wasn't forsaken. I thought I was, but he was there. I've been through it when people walked away from me. I've been through it when everything was coming at me through manifold temptation. I've been through it, but... But God stayed with me and saw me through. Well, I don't know. 
that God's in control of everything. Let me take you here, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Watch this. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. Oh, yeah, but mine is different. So is mine. When I get sick, I'm sicker than anybody has ever been. Ask my wife. She'll tell you, I'm sicker than anybody's ever been. When I'm sick, I'm the sickest that anybody's ever been. I got stung by a bee two days ago. It was the worst sting that anybody's ever had. Well, Gentry got stung four times, so his is four times worse than mine. Silly boy walks over while bees are swarming a paper bag and just takes his hand and grabs the paper bag and gets stung four times. Frankfurt schools for you. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I just got shot at. I had to throw the shield of faith up. I don't know if he can shake your hand this morning. He's all swole up. Worst beast things anybody's ever had. Just ask him. We all think when we're in it that we're, we've got it worse than everybody else. Our case is always rare and unusual. Look, I've been, I'm just being real. Is it okay for me to be real? I, I know, I get the phone calls from all of you. Hey, your case is always worse than everybody else's. It's real. But the truth is, the Bible is right. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, read it with me. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. That's right. Even my bee sting, common to man. Even when I get the flu, common to man. Even when I had COVID, common to man. At that moment, my feelings tell me nobody's ever been as sick as I was. But the truth is, is it's common to man. And what I'm feeling is common to man. But God is faithful. Do we have that 1 Corinthians 10? Can we get that up? 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. you you got to get this in your spirit this morning. The barbecue is going to taste much better when I'm done. And that Mexican food out there that they're waiting on, I don't know how I'm going to handle this today. Mexican food and barbecue. My. Some of you are afraid to respond because you're afraid we're going to have breakout church today and keep you in here for another hour or two. You got barbecue and Mexican food on the brain. All right. Get it up on your Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. There is no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. Watch the next phrase. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. But 
will with every temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Oh, that ought to be a word for somebody today. That ought to be a word for somebody today. Whatever you're going through, God is in control of it, and he's not going to let it take your life. He's not going to let it overwhelm you. He's not going to let you struggle in it beyond what you are able. He is going to work it for your good. And when you come out the other side of it, he's going to turn it for you to be a testimony. All right, I'm going to hurry. I'm about to lose you all this morning. Number five. Will you give me a five and a six? The trials of this life will always come with God's grace. God will always give you grace to get through. The Apostle Paul said in his second writings to the Corinthian church, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength, God's strength, is made perfect in weakness. Whatever you go through, no matter how weak you feel, that's when God's strength is made perfect. Because the weaker you are, the stronger God's going to be. Because he is in control of what you are going through. And it's not aimed to kill you. It's aimed to test you and allow you to grow through it. Number six, when you're going through the struggle, we must seek God for help. Going through the struggle is not the time to backslide. Going through the struggle is not the time to quit. Going through the struggle is not the time to say, well, I had all this going on when I was in the world. Yeah, but you have a God that is working for your good, and he's going to turn it into a testimony for you. I know. I know I know what it's like when you're going through it. I, I get turned around when I'm driving. Most of you know that. My wife has to be with me or I have to have GPS on. I get off at an exit. I don't know which way I got. Do I go left or do I go right? Do I go north? Or I don't I have to try to figure it out. And I usually just stop. I look at my wife and say, which way do I go? And if I thought I knew, I'm usually wrong. And so she'll say, this is where you go. We go to hospitals, and I struggle to find my way around. I go in. All the walls look the same. You go down one hall, turn left, turn right, turn left, turn right. I get all turned around. We get in and come out. I just, and Annette, she, she insists on walking about two steps behind me everywhere that I walk. And the whole time she's saying, not that way, dummy. And I'm like, would you just walk ahead of me? Because I don't know where I'm going. I get turned around, I get disoriented in certain settings. But the truth is, is when we get in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a trial, in the middle of a test, it's easy to get disoriented and not know where you are. That's why you need God to guide you and lead you through the test. Let God direct you and lead you through the storm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art. He's directing you. He's guiding your path. The Lord knows his way through your trials. Because it's common to man. And he's been through it before. He went through it before you went through it. He is there. He is with you.
knows about your trials. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but in all points was tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Trials are from God, but temptations are not from God. Temptations are of the flesh and from Satan. Temptations are not brought to you by God, but tests and trials are allowed by God. Temptations cause you to quit. Temptations cause you to give up. Temptations cause you to get bitter. But God will grant you to be able to get through anything that the enemy throws at you. Keep your eyes on Jesus and he'll lead you through your trial and it shall turn for you a testimony I won't be much longer I wish I could tell you the why of everything that you go through particularly when you are in it particularly when you're going through but the best thing that I can tell you is that God is working everything for your good I've stood with some of you when you felt the world was crashing in I've met and sit and counseled with some of you when your world was falling apart and you thought it will never be better but look at you now look where God's brought you from. Yes, it was painful. Yes, it was a struggle. Yes, it was hurtful, but God turned it around and now you have a testimony that you would have never had had God not have kept you and walked with you and been with you through everything that you've been through. Whatever you may be going through at this time, friend, I came to preach to you and tell you God's going to turn it around. It's going to work in your favor. He's going to bless you through it keep you through it and give you a testimony stand with me all over this house this morning without big challenges there would be no big testimonies without fire there would be no gold if you're battling struggling it shall turn to you for a testimony. If your situation's causing you to worry, it shall turn to you for a testimony. The challenges that you're facing in life is an opportunity for God to give you a testimony. But the thing about testimonies is it requires the test. And you have to pass it. You have to go through it. You can't have a testimony without enduring the test. God hasn't forgotten you. He's doing a great work in you. I close by simply just reading Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold 
the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall mine enemies, my head be lifted above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises unto my God. Verse 14, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord, because he shall turn it to you for a testimony. For a testimony. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed in the room this morning. If you're one that I've preached to, if your heart has been overwhelmed, if you're going through the test and the trial this morning, I open these altars to you first. I call you first this morning to step from where you are and walk to the front of this building and declare, God is going to give me a testimony out of this test. I invite you to come forward. If you don't know the Lord this morning in the power of the Holy Ghost, if you've never repented of your sins, never been baptized, this is a great opportunity for you this morning to come and know that that God is working in your life. I invite you as well today. And then for those of you this morning that are people of faith, I invite you to join these that have already gathered in the front of this room this morning. Those that may need strength, those that may need prayer, those that may need encouraged this morning, why don't you step to the front of the room and join with them in prayer today. Come on, God's turning it for good in your life. Call on the Lord for a moment. Say. 
that God has a way of working everything out. And, I, you know, I don't believe that you're here today on accident. I believe that this is God-ordained today. And I know that you might have walked in here walking through some hard times. But I hope this morning that you will be believing like you never have that Jesus is with you through everything, through the trial, come on, through the test. All we have to do is say, I believe you, Jesus. I don't know where this road is going down, but I trust you. And you're walking with me. You don't have to walk in this life alone. You don't have to walk through hardship alone. But you have a God that loves you today. You have a God that is with you.